So I ordered the book off Amazon, and now I'm on my way working through it. it has, you know, 15 chapters. It's probably a 600-page book, something like that. It's like a textbook? It's a textbook. Okay, yeah, it's, it's a textbook. Like a, oh, it's, right. it's called like the theory of interest. Oh, gosh. Uh, which not an interesting theory, <laughs> but it is the theory of interest. Um, and so it's a, it's a huge book. Um, and I'm working my way through it, and I just get to chapter two, okay, which maybe starts around page 50 out of 600. And the intro to chapter two, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but essentially what it says is, you know, there aren't that many fundamental concepts in the theory of interest. And in principle, you could solve any problem with what you've already learned so far. <laughs> but in the upcoming chapters, we're going to make some simplifications or special cases and look at s very special situations and how you can approach that problem maybe with a little, with a faster technique or something. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wait a minute, this is a 600-page book. And on page 50, it's like, yeah, it's really all you need to know. I'm just going to kind of bullshit from here. Actually, you just, you know, we could have put this online, but we thought it'd be better if we just read yeah. the whole book about it. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be harder for me to make money if I didn't write a 600-page book. So yeah. You, but you get it pretty much, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is... It's just like... What a, what a bad way to start a book, too. Just like, hey, yeah. so you remember that, like, you know, how we prefaced this whole thing? You learned everything you needed to know in that first yeah, yeah. beginning bit. Everything remember, else Remember chapter this? one called Introduction? Yeah, that's everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a story where you tell, they tell you the whole story in the first chapter. And then after that, yeah. they're like, well, we'll go into some more detail. But you kind of get the gist, right? Yeah, you, you, you know, <laughs> you basically... if you wanted the TLDR, that was chapter one. <laughs> oh, so my... now I've budgeted like two months to prepare for this exam because I was like, the book is huge. It's like, all right, I'm ready. Let's do right. it. I'm done. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Hello, and welcome to episode 33 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering arena content. Yeah, basically, we're just regular dudes drinking irregular beers, talking about Magic the Gathering, and in particular, our various escapades on their online client, MTG Arena. Yes, and this week is all about the Strixhaven Championship. We're going to break down the tournament and tell you all the things that happened and uh, things, I guess, that are happening now because of it. Sure. Um, <laughs> but first, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right, I brought 10 Mile Point. Uh, this is made by Manitoulin. Uh, Manitoulin's been on the show a couple of times with one beer that we really liked and one beer that we weren't so hot on. So this is kind of their their chance to, you know, the first one we had was like diamond and the second one, because of the diamond one, we got another one and that one was like gold. So this is their chance to redeem themselves back up to the, back up to that diamond rating mm -hmm. they started off with. Uh, I'm slightly confused because uh, it says Pilsner. So it says 10 Mile Point Pilsner, but then down by the brewery and where the alcohol content is and, and stuff, it says ale. All right. And so, uh, <laughs> well, I was under the starting off. You know, my good. understanding is that Pilsners and ales are different things. So I'm going to say it's a Pilsner because that's written bigger on the can than ale is. That's probably a good, uh, good guess. Good, good way to <laughs> yeah. go. Uh, but it's four and a half percent. Nice. Nice, nice. I brought uh, Tropicanon from Heavy Seas Beer. Uh, it's a citrus IPA, and it's 7.1%. And it's got some sort of like, uh, 
like a uh, three-point hat that's upside down with some citrus in it. I guess it kind of has like a pirate-ish theme. Heavy Seas has like a skull as like their uh, their like logo. So it's, I guess citrus. Citrus is good for scurvy, right? Pirates. There you go. So like a, a play on the name Tropicana? Yes, like it's like Tropicana. Things. So yeah. it, it's kind of like grapefruity orange lemon, I guess. So Tropic... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I see. Tropicanon. <laughs> that's, yeah. Anyway, that's what we're going with. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I love the heavy seas. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why. Because <laughs> it's uh, pirates. All right. Um, <laughs> magic news. Uh, the College Cup. Hey, remember that thing? Uh, if of course. You've been, yes. If you've been playing along, uh, it's been like the last few FNMs were the College Cup. And uh, finally, we have crowned a winner. Jeff, would you like to announce who the winner of the College Cup is? Yeah, like there was ever any doubt. Of course. Of course, the winning college was Witherbloom. Woohoo! Go Witherbloom! I will say that the second best college was Silverquill, so I was close. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so if you've been playing Arena, that's why there's the Witherbloom, like, uh, what is it, pennants up, kind of hanging around, and everybody got a Witherbloom sleeve. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I'm just hoping this isn't the point where Dumbledore like adds a bunch of last minute secret <laughs> points to Silver Quill and or Lorehold wins that was in last yeah, place. Yeah, Lorehold, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, um, yeah. So that happened. Um, also, this week, don't forget there is the historic All Access. It's this week, June 11th. So you should go play some uh, sweet decks with tons of mythics, maybe like. Jeskai turns and historic. Because don't play that deck. Don't be that guy. I mean, you might as well just play it. Uh, to, I don't know, spoiling the lead. Jeskai turns was huge in the tournament, uh, so <laughs> you should. I don't know. Try it out. It's you know, it's free. Just do it. Yeah, but I want to play in this event, and I don't want to have to play against Jeskai turns every round. So I'm just gonna like try to get people to play something else. <laughs> yes, we have enough don't listeners to to <laughs> change That's the right. meta. <laughs> <laughs> our influence is, is that strong yeah uh, but anyway so if you have a brew that you are working towards you don't have to spend any wild cards to build decks the entire all of every card on arena is open to you so you can just brew away uh, so get ready for that this week don't miss out they're really fun actually yeah that's actually how I do recommend playing the event like obviously play the big splashy cool decks um, even if you think you'll never get those just because it's fun but it's also a perfect chance to you know test a deck and see if you like it before committing wild cards to it yeah um or test a brew that you've been working on like you said uh before you craft you know four mythic rare wild cards that you'll never actually use again yeah for, for this the deck sucks exactly the first few games you know? it's like your janky deck that you just want to try and then you you know yeah. play it three times you're like wow this either isn't fun or sucks or doesn't work uh yeah. <clears throat> so well, combo doesn't work the way i thought it was yep whoops so anyway it's a great event i'm a big fan do it up um man okay so there are a few things that bolt my bird this week and i might go through all of them but one big one I'm sure, that I, i'm sure you will at some point <laughs> but you know what really bolts my bird what's that is that because they kind of destroyed pro magic we're never going to get a spectator mode now. It just is that just they're de- they're deciding. Oh, so everybody wants a spectator mode. We could have fixed these things so watching the tournaments would be better. But you know what? Instead, let's just get rid of Pro Magic, and we'll never have <laughs> to easy. implement a spectator mode on Arena. 
So yeah, I mean, I don't think we were ever getting spectator mode. So I know. I guess my hopes were just up, and I was like excited for it, and I was really hoping that it would, you know. As long as Pro Magic was a thing, it felt like it was on the table. You know, as long yeah. as they were continuing to run high stakes events on Arena. Yeah. So I don't know if this exactly bolts my. Maybe it's like, oh, well, now I don't have to complain about that anymore. But <laughs> anyway, it, it would have been nice. There, you know, there's always times where it'd be nice if. You know, watching it in a tournament, everything was perfectly synced, or there weren't really a lot of delay issues. Which, to be fair, this time there weren't uh, the same problems as we had in the past. So that's good, at least. But yeah, the main thing I noticed this time was just that the quality is a bit low, which always happens because yeah. you're like streaming through a stream. And uh, yeah, what we've going through like from stream to Discord to, to then through Twitch. To yeah. Us. So everything's a little little wonky sometimes but uh anyway uh, that just kind of you know dashes my hopes um also this is another thing have you noticed all right this is bolting my bird actually maybe even worse than this last one but there was a recent update on arena and now any deck that you have that has any sort of colors that might not be in the actual colors just show up in the little deck box thing you know how you're like oh so i'm playing my um you know, my Rakdos deck, so it's red and black, perfect. And then I also happen to have Luris. And then they add, like, the white mana symbol on the deck box. I'm like, no, 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 it's not. Don't worry about that. But the biggest... Yeah, I was wondering when I started playing Esper Rogues, but... Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> I don't... When did this happen? Are there white cards in but this the, deck? But the most frustrating thing is that when you draft a deck, it just says Woobird. <laughs> because you're yeah, like... it's just all five colors. It's like, no, this isn't the deck I drafted. Why are you putting all the cards in my sideboard? random crap in your sideboard. Yeah, it's like, I'm not playing any of those cards. This doesn't <laughs> explain what this deck is. It makes it really confusing. Yeah. Why did, I don't know, why did they do this? It confused the hell out of me the first draft I did. I was like, wait a minute, do I have like a white card in my main deck that I don't mean to be in there because yeah, or something. I really don't want to draw a white card in my team or deck? Or like, did they leave in a planes that I ended up keeping when I, you know, sometimes when you finish drafting, you like have a, a white card, then you're not playing that deck, and then they totally yeah. just automatically add the lands. And it's like a green white hybrid, and it stuffs in three planes for you. And you're like, what? No, I'm green. no I don't. No, I don't need <laughs> that. Uh, anyway, probably not so, green white hybrid in this set. But yeah, but you know, what you, I, mean. I, I know what you mean. Anyway, um, those are the things that bolt my bird this week. Uh, there will be many more bolts and many more. It's like the arena clients getting like less user friendly yeah it's like first was the sideboard thing that i still hate yeah so much where it's like i have the seven plus eight sideboard breakdown and my cards just jump around all the time and i just want i just want to know what's in my sideboard and how many of them without looking at all 15 cards and counting how many you know mystical disputes i just want them all next yeah you know what is hard about that as well is that you know when you put it in the column and you can click the plus to add more cards and you click on it to make it go away in your sideboard it works that way until you get to seven and then they start turning into arrows and you move them around so it just becomes so hard to Oh, I've and it'll all be working perfectly, and then I'll add in another card, and it, that card will jump in between like, yeah. my two Ashioks or something. Up at the like, top. Why? <laughs> I don't. Anyway, that's a bigger. That, this is a really long bolts bird this week. I don't need to talk about all these bad things. Um, but I did want to want to ask you a question, Jeff. Um, mm-hmm. I have a worth a slot. Uh, I'm just yeah, gonna run it me. by you. Um, sure. You know, I, I'm kind of on the fence about this card, but maybe, you know, maybe you can help me out. So, do you think that this card is worth a slot in a historic deck? 
Historic. Okay. All right. High bar. I don't know if you've heard of this card before, but it's called mm -hmm. Brainstorm. Do you know? Because it's an instant. Could you read it to me? Uh, well, it's an instant, and it's yeah. uh, just a single blue. Okay. All right, so you draw three cards, and mm -hmm. then you put two cards from your hand back on top of your library in any order. No, I don't think so, because it's not card advantage, you know? It's You draw three, but you spent this one, and then you put two back. Yeah, but you get to so. look at more, so... Yeah, without a you know without fetch lands, I think it's just terrible. All right. Actually. Yeah. Okay, I can see I that. Play it. Yeah, yeah, it's probably it's probably not really that great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I mean, that was a stronger than what my original stance was, but my original stance was more or less that. It's, it's pretty not close. Be that good. Um. Anyway, let's just <laughs> jump right into things. Strixhaven Championship. All right. Where the most played card was? Brainstorm. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so if you weren't, uh, if you didn't listen to our last episode or you didn't know this was happening, uh, the Strixhaven Championship just finished this weekend. It was June 4th to the 6th. Basically, it's like a PT or it's a pro tour. Um, that's kind of what all the pros still talk about it as. So that's what it is. Right. Uh, That's what the tournaments used to be called. Yes, exactly. So it was a big split format tournament. Uh, it was seven rounds of historic and then seven rounds, or sorry, eight rounds of standard. And then the top eight was historic. Mm -hmm. Jeff, what do you, what, how should we start this? Do you want to, do you want to just like. I was just thinking like, I don't know how much time we're going to have. We might go long on time. Let's just skip anything to do with fantasy. And just not count it. Well, no, 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 no. We, yeah, we definitely. I think that's 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 the fair way to do. It. I think we should it's definitely sure we the important stuff. Do the important stuff, which is the fantasy, because you know, you know, something happened this week, a big thing. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I'm just gonna spoil it. I won. I won this week. I can't. What? I couldn't believe it. I went in. I went into this last week thinking, I'm. It's gonna be over. This is the last time we're doing fantasy. I'm gonna lose. <laughs> I was already like picking up beers, like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to give these to Jeff. This is gonna be terrible. <laughs> well, you can keep doing that. Cause uh, I don't know about that. Now, burn now, my a game next time. now we're even. We are even uh, four to four. It's going to game nine. I'm really excited. But uh, anyway, so I'm kind of spoiling the uh, the fun of it, but boy, did I smoke you. Woo! <laughs> Just. Oh, yeah. It feels good. Feels My nice. team did not uh, do well. <laughs> one one person on your team did well. Everyone else, Correct. Uh, uh, two two players did well. Yeah. Okay. One, Every, one everyone well. else got to play on day one. <laughs> mm -hmm. <And> then... <laughs> yes, a lot of my players participated in the event. That's yes, what I'll say. that is correct. Yeah. Uh... Uh, so I'll, I'll just run through my team here. Yeah. Uh, for the MPL, I had Reed Duke, uh, who got one match win. That's correct. One. One. <laughs> Very unread like performance. He brought Gruel Adventures in Standard and Jeskai Turns in Historic. Javier Dominguez got eight match wins. Not bad. Sultimatum in Standard. Is it Phoenix or Prismari Phoenix, whatever you want to call it, in uh, Historic. And Andre Strasky, only three match wins. He brought Demir Rogues in Standard and Is it Phoenix in Historic. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's fine, you know. What is that? Like twelve points? Cool. 12, so, yeah. so that so twelve in your MPL—that's pretty nice. Um, yeah. My first pick. Whew, I was really happy with him. 
it's kind of sad how things ended, but uh, Seth Manfield uh, went 13 and two, got into the top eight. So that's 14 points altogether. Well, you have me beat now. Yep. Did your other players get negative two points? Or? No, no, they actually. So uh, Seth Manfield had Is It Dragons and Standard and Just Kai Control and Historic. Uh, then Ken Yukihiro, for some reason, only played 14 matches, I guess. Couldn't really figure it out why, but he uh, went seven and seven. So he got seven more points for me. Night Adventures and Standard and Dragonstorm in Historic, which I was pretty, I was pretty excited to hear he was playing nice. dragons because, you know, <laughs> I already like that deck and uh, I picked him because I wanted him to play something crazy and that was kind of crazy. So, uh, but a good, you know, another seven points and then William Huey Jensen seven more points with Soul Tomatum and Standard and Jeskai turns in Historic. So, big, big. Uh, I'm just like thwomping you. I don't know what the word is, but that feels right. Like, you just Thwomped. got thwomped. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For the Rivals League, I had Luis Scott Vargas, who brought Sultimatum and Standard Jeskai turns in Historic with two match wins, two and four. <laughs> so I guess he dropped uh, before playing the seventh match. Anyways, Yuta Takahashi was my second pick. He brought Demir Rogues in Standard. Is it Phoenix in Historic? And he got 11 wins. Oh, finally. Okay. Yuta. Double digits for The you. Rogues Master. Um would have would have been all fifteen wins if you'd brought rogues and historic as well, Yuta. Uh, <laughs> then I have Matt Sperling, uh, brought Sultimatum and Standard. Jeskai turns and historic also went eleven and four, but managed to top eight. Woohoo! And then got three wins in the top eight. That means fifteen points for Matt. And since I had the player got the most points out of anyone, I guess that means I win. Uh, no, no. <laughs> but then I had Chris but... Patello. Teamer Adventures in Standard, Five Color, Niv Mizzet in Historic, went two and four, did Yikes. Chris. That's rough. You So, you know, those are your two good players, uh, Yuta Takahashi and uh, Matt Sperling. Mm-hmm. And Matt, you know, well, when, once we kind of talk about who won and all that stuff, we'll, we'll get into it. But obviously top eight, top eighted, so that's, uh, that's pretty good. Um, so, Gregor Kowalski, you know, this guy was excited to, to pick him last week. And, uh, you know, he was second place in the Call Time Championship. But this guy got uh, Sultimatum in Standard. Just Guy Turns in Historic went one and four. He got one. Brought the right decks, it seems. One point. <laughs> one point. So, you know, I was kind of down on that. But that turned out to be the only player that didn't make day two on my team. So uh, after seeing your scores, I felt a little bit better about that. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, and then after that. It was like cheating when you have players make day two. <laughs> I think that should, that should be allowed. Because <laughs> we kind of knew I was going to win after the first day. Because it was like, well, you, know, you just think. Yeah, because I had four players that didn't make day two, and you had just one. Yeah, so. uh, it's just a lot harder when you're you can't score. Um, if you have like one more player than the other guy, you can hope a top eight and then a good run in the top eight. You know, we'll make up for, for it. But three fewer players <laughs> means you're cooked. Yeah. Uh, especially because I had Luis Silvato, who was Sultimatum in a standard and Is It Phoenix in historic, got 11 points, uh, also kind of tied, uh, lost on breakers to get into the top eight, but really excited for him. Then Riku Kumagai got 10 points with Jeskai Mutate, interesting deck, and Is It Phoenix. Talk about that more later. Yeah, pretty pretty interesting. And then Mike Segrist got eight points for me with Mono Red Aggro and Jeskai Turns. So felt uh, felt pretty good going into this, you know. I basically had it locked up. I think with the players, there's no, it wasn't coming down to anything. Um, meta percentage for standard, we were both right. Both picked Saltimatum. Yep. 
both correct. And, you know, people might say, ah, oh, you both picked the same thing. That's lame. But we were right both times. So it's hard to say, you know, we shouldn't do that. Yeah. Because we were, we just both knew what the two most popular decks were going to be. So. so there you go. Um, so spoiler alert, uh, the meta percentage, uh, the highest meta for historic was, is it Phoenix? Which is what we said. So we also got two points for that, just getting the top, but we did not get two points for beating the other person. However, the top performing deck for standard, Jeff, what was uh, what was your pick? My pick was Naya Adventures, mm -hmm. and you went uh, double down on Sultimatum there. You went Sultimatum for this one. I did, I did. Uh, Naya Adventures did better than Sultimatum, so I get two points for this, but neither of us picked the top deck. Yes. So the top deck, uh, we're, we're going to count it as uh, Jeskai Mutate, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I think technically Team or Luka had more, but uh, you know there, there weren't as many decks that brought it, so those numbers are kind of skewed. Uh, and Jeskai Mutate, man, that... Uh, did you watch those games? Well, first of all, did you know this was a deck? I did not know Jeskai Mutate was a deck. I did. I didn't know it was a real deck. Like, I saw people posting it on Twitter, and I played against it on Ladder. A bunch but i never lost to it on ladder so i just never heard of it ever yeah um basically it's, it's like the next one in a long line of target your own goldspan dragon combo decks yeah so know? basically you have like a goldspan dragon and you're putting different mutate creatures onto it and then getting cards back from your graveyard to then bounce it and you keep targeting the goldspan each time to get treasure and then you flow all the treasure or you sack all the treasure before you return your gold span to your hand and do it all over again netting one mana each time and then eventually you just kill your opponent with a prismari command shooting them in the face in practice you don't really do the loop to win on arena just because of time issues you generally tend to just make so much advantage that your opponent can't possibly win yeah like you essentially loop as as many times as you want but you're gonna run out of rope so you, you know because every loop that you just described takes like 10 plus clicks and if you're looping prismari command it gets you two damage and then there's a kind of thing you have to do where you reset the loop if your gold span gets too much damage on it you have to pick everything up right mm -hmm. so uh it takes forever but usually you can just loop the prismari command to like wipe your opponent's board and and some and other draw, things draw seven cards and make like 12 additional mana yeah. or something especially because you can end the loop with Every, all the pieces in your hand so you just do it again right. next turn exactly. either the pieces yeah, in your usually. hand or the ones that you need in the graveyard so it's technically it will go infinite but on arena you just kind of it's it's weird because you just kind of do it until you start seeing the rope and then you kind of close up and then do it again next turn it, right arena's not well suited to infinite loops and this one is a really long infinite loop yes like each iteration already takes a lot of game actions also to the point that i think it did so well because people didn't know what it was like everyone mm -hmm. was just talking about like all the commentators a lot of the players people on twitter were just like yeah i don't i i knew it was a deck i didn't play it because i didn't understand how it worked and i was just like whatever and then a lot of people playing it were like i don't really know how it works and then that's what everyone said they're just like i don't really know how that deck works so um i just lost to it's it it's not the most intuitive for no. sure because it involves like bouncing your heavily mutated gold span dragon back to your own hand and then with that on the stack you have to sack all the treasures otherwise mm -hmm. you don't get them they're not worth two and then you just replay everything um, and so knowing which pieces to get rid of or what is important, all that kind of stuff, it seems like really complicated and 
hey, if you want to play that deck in this, like, uh, all, well, I guess it's, that's for historic all access. You could play this deck in, in historic all access, but uh, you might get smoked. But um, it seems just hard. I don't know. It, it just, I was so, I, first of all, hadn't heard about it. I'd never seen a mutate deck that was Jeskai. So that was cool. Uh, just to, well, it was cool. And also it felt like I was off the, my, I don't know, my finger wasn't on the pulse. You know what I mean? I felt very yeah. like out of the loop when everyone's like, oh, this is the deck that's, you know, a bunch of people brought and did really well. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was a deck. <laughs> Wait. Well, I remember that like, there's a, so I knew about this deck because there's a guy that's been playing this, uh, and I'm sorry, I can't remember your name right now. So if you're listening, sorry to you. Uh, Eric, I, I, his name is Eric, but I can't remember his last name. Okay. Um, but he always played. He's been playing Mutate decks for a long time. And eventually, through all of these Star City Games events, and his latest iteration has been, I guess, this Jeskai Mutate deck. And then I saw on Twitter him post, I sorry guys, I'm not playing Jeskai Mutate in the event because I couldn't figure out how to beat Prismari Dragons. But I know some other people are bringing it, so if they manage to figure it out, like good luck to you guys. So then I realized, oh, I guess there are people actually bringing this deck to the event. I thought it was just like Eric is is a good player who loves his wacky decks, and is, he's the only guy doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess it was a little more widespread than that. Yeah, I mean, I hope that this that you're right that it's kind of just a people didn't know how to deal with it and there's going to be a lot of that right like what do you counter are you supposed to counter the gold span are you supposed to counter the mutate that goes on to the gold span mm -hmm. you know what are you supposed to do what to do you fight yeah. it best what kind of cards are best like i don't know once people start slapping uh stuff on the it's one it's like one of those things where like you just haven't played that match much at all probably and you're just like i'm the tempo of how this works feels strange because it's just different um, which is good. I mean, but I think that's why it did so well. I don't think it's uh, an amazing, this fantastic deck that's like, oh, that is a secret gem that's like the best. I think that uh, right. if it becomes part of the, uh, you know, once after this tournament, obviously people are going to see that and be kind of more prepared for it, and uh, it will it'll go away, I think. It's all just very weird. So this deck had a 60.7% win rate, and 15 people brought it. Whereas, uh, as you mentioned, Teamer Luca actually did a bit better at 68.8. .8. Holy crap, Teamer Luca. But it only had four decks, and we know one of them made the top eight, so that skews the the percentages mm -hmm. heavily. So we decided Jeskai Mutate's kind of the best performer here. In, um, in either case, it doesn't really matter because we don't get any extra points for it. So we're right. just like, well, whatever. <laughs> exactly. We didn't that's, take that's those. True. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you want the numbers, Sultai got 47.4 win rate against the metagame, which is, I think, the worst it's ever really. I've never bad. really seen it dip below 50. Yeah. And Naya Spirit, which is what I picked, got 53%. Yeah, it, so they call it Naya Spirits in uh, the MTG data, but really it's Naya Adventures. That's what we... Yeah, it's an, it plays... The adventure know, package. It's yeah, double it plays all adventure cards. Yeah, and, exactly. But it also has the spirit that makes one ones, and so they can call it that if they want. Like this deck, even the mutate deck shouldn't really be called mutate because it doesn't really—it's not really in the spirit of mutating. It's just slap a gold span dragon and target it with stuff. Yeah, and it's win like the game instantly. Like it's a combo. It's like a treasure combo deck. Right. It's it should it could easily be called just guy like gold span combo. Yeah. It, just as easily, you know. This is why and, and this that would is, actually tell you a bit more how the deck plays. This is why we need. Um, people to submit real names for decks. You know yeah. what I mean? 
Because then you could be like, oh, this is the name of the deck that I made up. Uh, if you play a version of it, that's what it's called, you know? Yeah, I think it's an interesting debate, and I see both sides. I'm more, like, I think there's a lot more whimsy in, in just having fun names. Yeah. Um, and I would prefer that, but I also understand that some people will bring inappropriate names, and you don't want to allow that really either. Exactly. So that might be something that we talk about in the future. We, we won't get into it today, but... Uh... <clears throat> We, you may have already kind of heard our, our feelings about it. Anyway, let's just like lock up this uh, fantasy thing because it's been going on a little bit longer yeah. than I thought. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. So we'll, we'll have more to say about just guy mutate anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, um, like we said before, the meta percentage for historic was uh, is it Phoenix was the highest, and then the top performing historic deck um, was you know something that we didn't uh, choose. Right. So I took a shot at Untainted Pact still being good. And missed wildly. Nobody even really brought Tainted hey, Pact. Hey, Brian Brondewin brought Tainted Pact. So. Right. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> and I think one other player, maybe. I think there were two Pact players. Uh, and you took Jeskai Control, which was uh, the third most popular deck, I believe. Or the the third most uh, highest performing deck. So um, the highest... Well, it was also, I, also third most popular, I think. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah you're right. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Um, but but as far as the top performing deck, um, I did beat you. Just Guy Control uh, is actually on the MTG data graphic because enough people brought it that it okay. could do well. Um, <clears throat> you beat me by fifty one point four percent to question mark. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly uh, what I won by. Uh, however, the top performing deck was Just Guy Turns, which is the one we were talking about before. Sixty one point four percent. Wowza! It was everywhere, all over the top eight. Um, I think it was like 15% of the meta or something like that. Uh, but it like, that was the top eight. That was, yeah, it was all over the place. I think we're going to get a little bit more into that, uh, possibly a little bit later, but, um, yeah, but yeah totally. it was, it was everywhere. Uh, who... so that performance left me 48 points for me and I got 67. Boom. Ouch. 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 I got thrumped. You got thwomped. <laughs> thwomped. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so it is good news because then we get one more week. We get the final showdown between who's going to yeah, get the weird decided two to take four. a dive here, you know. Yeah, it feels like you either it was this week or some weeks. There have been times I really felt <laughs> like I wasn't supposed to win and something happened, but whatever. I'll take the wins where I can get them because I need all the help I can get. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so we will have the final showdown uh, that'll be at the beginning of July I believe it's July 4th weekend is the last league weekend so we will be uh, doing it up picking our teams and someone will be awarded the weird 2-4 of beer can't wait can't wait uh, as always we have the best possible team you could have for fantasy sports Magic Pro League uh, our this team swamped both of us it did wow um, do you want to read the MPL? Sure. So on the best possible team, your MPL choices would have been Seth Manfield with 14 points, Raphael Levy with 13 points, and then either Martin Yuza or Ray Sato. Both got 11 points. Yes. And then for the rivals, uh, you would need Matt Sperling, who got 15 points, which you had. Good job. Woohoo. Uh, Go you could have had um, Yuta Takahashi with 11, which you also had. Luis yes. Salvato, who I had. And then Noah Ma, who I picked the first time we played Fantasy, and he did not do very well. But I was really happy to see him doing 
exceptional yes, in yeah. this in this one. Uh, didn't make the top eight on breakers, but that's awesome. It's uh, cool to see. So you would have had to have those four exact rivals players to yeah. do that. In standard, you would have picked Sultimatum as your top performing deck, and Jeskai, or sorry, as your most your top meta percentage deck. And Jeskai Mutate as your top performing deck. And then Historic would have been, uh, is it Phoenix, like we said before, and uh, Jeskai Turns. Um, and for all of those, you would have gotten um, four points each because you would have feasibly beaten the other person and had the highest, uh, you would have picked the highest one. Right. Yes. So this is assuming your opponent picked pretty badly. If you did all that, you would have got 102 points. Whew. So... It's a little better than my 48 points. Just a little bit. But also it's significantly better than my 67, which makes me feel yeah. like, oh. <laughs> you know, I was like, man, I really <laughs> did well. And then the best team, like, still beat me so hard. So I think in these uh, <clears throat> in these championship huge tournaments, the best team is always going to really, really destroy us. Yeah. You know? You, uh, just because you, you don't have a chance at the end to, like, oh, my, my player could could do a little bit better it's like no you didn't make the top eight you didn't make day two you're screwed you know and there's just so many more wins that will go throughout the mpl and rivals league players because they're not playing each other all the time exactly you know so the difference between the best performing players and the worst performing players is like 15 to 1 you know exactly whereas in a league weekend you'll have so many more seven and eights and those that, kinds of things they're like really, that really even close. the best possible team won't, and the best players will be like 10 11 so then the best possible team won't beat you by that much. Exactly. So um, it is a little bit different. You don't have as many team kills on the championships. But it goes to show, as you know, Zacks win championships. And uh, so I knew you were going to say it. I, I won the championship. Who could have guessed yeah. that? Hmm. Maybe I've been saying that the whole time. Uh, really exciting I let you win them to, to pop back into the event. You know, the, the folks at home need a, a bit of a race. So. <laughs> uh, I see. The thing is, I don't know if it's true or not. It could be true. It could not be true. <laughs> but, like, I don't know if you would know enough to pick players that are good but do badly beforehand. I don't know how you would do that. So I actually texted Andre. I was like, hey, Andre, you should watch the soccer game instead of playing in the event. Yeah, so I, I sent this to Jeff. Uh, I think it was the day before the day of the tournament. <clears throat> On Twitter, Andre Strosky had a, a tweet just saying, oh, sweet. So, you know, I'm already qualified for Worlds and all that. So I'm going to be watching the soccer game while playing some magic today. Yeah. <laughs> and so I sent it to Jeff. Like, oh, no. like, he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care at all. This is going to be great. And he ended up doing better than Reed Duke, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, I still just like, it's still Andre Strosky, one of the best players in the world. And a known Demir Rogues pilot playing Demir Rogues. So I think even this score represents some bad luck on Andre's side. Yeah. Like, so Is it Phoenix and Demir Rogues are definitely decks he knows how to play really well. Though, so even if he didn't practice that much. Yeah, he like, knows how to play like every deck really well. So Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That is uh, how it goes. Um, so I just had a quick question for you. I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, but I was just thinking about it while we were talking about the meta percentage and performing decks. Yeah. It seems like lots of people brought Sultimatum and Jeskai Turns, and some a bunch of people brought uh, Jeskai Mutate and Is It Phoenix? And I was just curious, did anyone bring Jeskai Mutate and Jeskai Turns? Just hit the nail right on the head with the two best decks. 
Um, I actually don't know, uh, but let me... Oh, I don't have an easy way to check. Um, oh, yeah, I did. That's, I was going to check it, but I, I didn't know how to There's check it. There's not that. a really easy way to do that. I did want to uh, mention, uh, I apologize. Uh, last week I had mentioned, oh, the best way to, to, to keep track of the scores and everything was just from uh, Magic Esports Twitter. Uh, that's false. That's not the best way. The championships are all run through MTG Melee. They have all the scores there and everything you need to yeah, know. Just, and it's updated constantly. Yeah, so... You can see what matches are in progress and yeah. stuff. Now, I don't know why Magic Esports doesn't tell you that and send you a link and say, hey, this is the best <laughs> way to do it and give MTG Melee a big, you know, help. But um, that is the 100% the best way to find all of those things. Yeah, now that there's only, like, one more. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no more. There's no more. Are they going to do the gauntlets through these? I don't know. Like, maybe... I couldn't say, are they still even doing the gauntlets? Like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. There's, because the gauntlets are what gets you into worlds, and it says where right. you're going to be for next year. And then next year, the only reason, all they're doing are the championships and worlds, is all totally. that's happening. There's no league weekends or gauntlets next year, but they still have technically the MPLs there. They're just only playing pro tours and doing nothing else. Anyways, did you get a chance to watch much of this event? Like, would you? Uh, would you I think? did. So I watched uh, a good chunk of day two, and then uh, I was on work on Sunday for the top eight, but I was listening to it on my headphones. So um, I knew enough about it that uh, I had seen a lot of the decks, so I could kind of keep track with just the commentators explaining what was happening. Um, and for the most part, I just wanted to see which Jeskai deck was going to win, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Hey man, there were two Prismari decks up there. Too. Uh, were they even Prismari? They they're just Is it Phoenix, right? So they're not technically. I would still consider them Is it because that was a deck before Prismari was a thing. Uh, but I don't know. They play uh, Prismari uh, Command. No, they don't usually play that. But they play uh, the the other one, Expressive Iteration. Oh, Expressive Iteration. You're right. You're usually right. Usually full four X of those bad boys. Yeah, Seth was uh, talking about how he's playing eight copies of Expressive Iteration, and it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got to watch most of it too. I did my usual thing where I let it get ahead of me and then I watched the VODs so that I don't know, there's a lot of downtime and stuff I don't care about exactly. in the broadcasts. And there's very, like, it's kind of funny. It's a nine hour VOD, but you can watch all of the magic that you actually want in like an hour and a half. So mm -hmm. <laughs> two hours maybe. So you could actually watch the whole event, you know, by just, you know, Skipping. at night, you know, watch an hour and. By the end of the week, you've, you've seen everything if you wanted to do it that way. Mm -hmm. That's most of what I did, and I watched most of... I'd say I watched most of it, more than half. Uh, and then I started watching the top eight, and once it became all Jeskai turns, I actually stopped watching. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, actually, if I'm being honest, it was late at night, and I fell asleep when it became like a Jeskai turns mirror match. Really? Um, oh, when you, were, didn't... <clears throat> when you went back yeah, and were like, watching it? Right, I was watching the VOD of the top eight gotcha. at night, um, and I was just lying on the couch, and I just totally fell asleep, and I woke up at like three in the morning. I was like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> I had to like stumble into the bed and <laughs> close this magic broadcast that's still going. Yeah. Yeah, right around that Jeskai turns mirror match, I must have must blanked somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just around that Jeskai, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Whichever, you know, do you remember it? The Jeskai Turns mirror? Yeah, it was uh, really specific to only two people having that, and it wasn't just the yeah. entire top eight. Um, <laughs> we're going to run through the top so eight uh, yeah, after, after the, uh, the break, but uh, that leads me to Jeff. How's your beer doing? Uh, it's empty. Hey, well, let's take a beer break and then get to the top eight. 
Okay. <laughs> Tropicana. All right. Ten mile point. Pilsner, I guess. Pilsner and or ale. And it's or definitely ale. a pilsner. <laughs> Maybe it'll uh, live up to its expectation. I love that I can say that, which could mean a bad thing or a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Does it live up to the good expectation or the bad oh, expectation? Oh, no, it's mediocre. <laughs> what are we going to do now? It's right in the middle. All righty. Getting back into it, we were just talking about the top eight. Jeff, do you have yes. them in front of you? Do you want me to read the top eight? Uh, I do. I know what the five decks were. Let me see if I could do this. Uh, All right. So Sam Sam Pardee yes. um, was on Jeskai Turns. Uh, John uh, Girardeau, mm-hmm. also Jeskai Turns. Let's see. There was Matt Sperling. Mm-hmm. There was Seth Manfield. Mm-hmm. There was Logan Nettles. Mm-hmm. There was uh, Matty Kizma. 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 Yeah. Uh, David Inglés and who am I missing? Who am I missing? Oh, he's a good pick too. Raphael Levy. There you go. Oh. So that is our top eight. In no particular order. In the order that Jeff could remember them. Yes. In, which did happen to be first, then second, then arbitrary. Yeah, so Jeff kind of <laughs> spoiled it right there. Sam Pardee won the whole tournament. That's Great job, Sam. Congratulations. Congrats, Sam. Yeah. The uh, awesome thing about that, too, is that Sam kind of barely snuck into the top eight. He had a win and in to get to 11 and 4, but it wasn't really a win and in because even 11 and 4, as we saw, isn't good enough to guarantee a top eight. Yeah. So he was and like. He snuck right into eighth place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> snuck into eighth place and just like busted his way through. Oh, yeah. It was just, yeah. 2 0 U. 2 0 U. 2 1 U. Yeah. All right. Let's see it. He just like went through the top bracket. So he like, he beat Logan Nettles and then he beat David Inglis and then he beat John uh, Girardeau. And then had to play uh, John Girardeau again for the, the finals and ended up, you know, sweeping that with a 2-0 match win. And, and the crazy thing is that, so Sam is really good friends with Matt Nass. Oh, and the person right. He, the person he had to play in the final round to get 11-4 and four was Matt Nass. They were both, uh, they were both 10-4 and four mm-hmm. and, you know, would have to eliminate their friends to get a chance to go to the top eight. Sam managed to win with Mono Red against uh, Matt's Sultimatum and squeaked in right at eighth place. See, Sam did what I usually do, which is come up with a, a tied for eighth place record, but Sam decided to actually get eighth place <laughs> instead of getting ninth place, which is yeah. usually my strategy. <laughs> Mr. Ninth Place. Oh. Um, I would like to know it is pretty cool that uh, there are two undefeated players at the end of day one. Those players were Seth Manfield and Logan Nettles, and both of them made it to the top eight, which is quite exciting um, just because, uh, well, I was watching Seth, obviously, very closely uh, because he just had an amazing start. And then his first match of day two, I think he played Matt Sperling and lost, and I was like, well, okay, that's a bummer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. but yeah. uh, they both ended up getting to the top eight, so that was kind of fun. Uh, having both Jeff and I have players in the top eight was fun to watch. And, uh, my, and what, sorry? Uh, my, my player won in the head-to-head. So. Yeah, so they, and then I they think played. that should be worth like exactly 20 additional points. Yeah. Um, well, to be fair, they both lost their first match 
and then got paired up <laughs> against each other in the lower bracket, and Matt Sperling did beat Seth Manfield. Yeah, I just mean in the head-to-head. We should have a rule that you get 20 points if your player beats the other team's player in a head-to-head in the top eight. Um, so that would make it 68 to 67 for me if we instituted uh, that rule. But I think 19 is, is a No, let's do 18. 18 is a good amount. 18. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so really cool. Um, Logan Nettles was someone I was rooting for as well, even though he wasn't on my team because he's unpickable as a challenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he was playing Nye Adventures, which is a deck that I picked to be the best performing deck. Um, so he had a lot to do with that deck's positive win rate. And also I like to cheer for people who have beaten me in competitive events, and Logan Nettles oh. is one of those people. So I was like, yes, go Logan. It makes me feel less bad about losing to you if you, yeah. <laughs> if you top eight a huge event. Like so that. Logan Nettles, he is Reed Duke's cousin. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, yeah. so he was... Uh, he. I think I, I watched an interview with him, and he was talking about how he hadn't... Uh, been playing historic really at all and he mainly mm-hmm. is playing like modern uh magic online and he won a a kind of a, a qualifier that got him into this tournament through that and so he's like okay well i should start playing arena which is hilarious to see oh this guy who doesn't play arena very often gets to win this <laughs> or get really close to he top eights this this arena tournament and um but anyway he was so he was trying to figure out what to do in historic and he's like oh well i'll just ask my uh my cousin reed and then reed brought him in and he was part of their team and uh, he had just t- talked a little bit about how it was really fun to be part of that and how quickly everyone, you know, uh, kind of adopted him into the group and he got to be on the Discord stuff and, and work with them. So that's how he got up to speed with Historic and um, just very, uh, very cool. Awesome, uh, awesome story there. And Definitely, yeah. However, uh, Jeff, would you like to talk about the top eight decks that we got to right. see? Yeah, so um, five of the players... Uh, in the top eight we're on jess guy turns so this is the deck we've been talking about the best performing deck uh in historic for the event and this kind of shows you why it had such crazy numbers five of those players made it to the top eight two players were on is it phoenix and one jess guy control yeah seth manfield just seth control. manfield was on jess guy control uh david ingles and uh matty Quizma mm-hmm. were the two players on Is It Phoenix, and they actually tested together. They, they both brought Is It Phoenix and Jeskai Mutate, and both managed to top eight with those two choices. And everyone else was on Jeskai Turns. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, going through the bracket, Jeskai Turns ended up being the top four, even. Yeah, uh, exactly. So at a certain point of the, you know, the top eight, all it was was Jeskai Turns after that. So it was... Yeah, that's when I fell asleep. Yes. Um, but it was, you know, I was just listening in my headphones mm-hmm. and it was difficult to remember who everybody was because it was just like, oh, okay, which a lot of the cards were kind of the same. Everyone is playing Brainstorm. Every single person is playing four copies of Brainstorm in their deck. And yeah, and it's just like a lot of copies of uh, expressive iteration flying around. Yeah. Uh, memory lapses were all over the place. Prismari Command, Mystical Dispute. It's like, there was just a lot, when, you know, which is fine. I It was kind of fun. Somebody had mentioned that uh, all of their country's flags encapsulate Jeskai. So it's uh. red, white, and blue. The only one that's uh, missing red is uh, Medikwizma, I believe. Um, and Finland is blue, white. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, uh, but everyone else was either from the United States or from France. 
Uh, so it was kind of funny to be like, hey, it's just <laughs> Jeskai, top eight. Hey, everybody's Jeskai. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was pretty funny. I did. Although Maddie wasn't on Jeskai, so maybe that's why he, he didn't yeah. play Azorius. But, uh... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, that was... I would I would normally say that was really interesting, but it was kind of a bummer. Like, we had spent the whole episode last week talking about how exciting Historic was and how there were all these different decks, and we were excited to see what happened, and it all came up just guy. Like, but you know what's hilarious about that is we were like, I'm glad the top eight is Historic because Standard is a bit solved. Yeah. If we took those top eight players and looked at what Standard decks they brought to the event, this is what the top eight would have looked like if it had been Standard. One Naya Adventures, one Gruul Adventures, one Teamer Luca, one Prismari Dragons, one Sultimatum, one Mono Red Aggro, and two Jeskai Mutate, a brand new deck to the format. <laughs> so straight ones down to a two of, of a brand new deck. That would have been amazing. That would have been crazy. <laughs> what a cool top eight. Man. Yeah. Instead, it's just like all blue red all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so like i don't i don't want to complain about it too much i do want to say it was this was hilarious so top eights on sunday it's all just guy Every, all people are talking about if i don't ever this is a random thing but if i could never hear cedric phillips say we're in a steam vents world ever again that would be amazing because it was just like <laughs> Him just mentioning, oh, you know, well, it's all steam vents and steam vents is everywhere. And that's everything is steam vents. And it was just like, Cedric, we get it. It's fine. Like, yes. Just, it's if I get reminded that steam vents was the most played land one more time. I swear yeah. To if you or just like it just I just don't think it's relevant information. It's not that exciting. There's not new. It's just you saying it again. So that aside which is totally fine but um there are 32 copies of steam vents though right in the top eight. yeah um but uh anyway on arena the daily deals for the day were all golgari cards it was <laughs> i didn't know which way it was gonna go because i didn't see them i was like was it like a promo steam vents no or they leaned into it or was it, like, it was like all no Golgari cards it was like you could get the sleeve from the one of the uh secret layers like the graveyard secret layer it was like one of the uh, dredge cards they're like nobody's gonna buy these we need yeah, to discount we need to them discount them because nobody wants any of these Golgari cards and i was laughing i was like Ooh, oh this is hurts. so funny that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> they could have picked a different guild you know yeah. just but uh, but yeah, there were zero swamps and zero forests could have been in the top eight. Could have been or yeah. Prismar or uh, Silver Quill. Just they a little. Have, they could have harped on one of those. No, it was uh, it was pretty funny. I don't. I'm assuming it was intentional because it was really cheeky to me. But oh, I guess yeah. If Jeskai is the most popular, it's funniest to do Golgari because yeah. it's no no overlap. Well, just because there were no Golgari cards that day, it was just like yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh God! So funny. I thought it was just like not is it like so no, no red or blue, but mm -hmm. now I'm realizing oh Jeskai was the most popular, so it's yeah. funniest to do green black. Exactly, just, just no green black, zero copies. Um, so anyway, um, took a tough took a tough hit. Did the uh, did the Thoughtseize gang this weekend? But yeah, we're ready to bounce back. Anyway, you know it was. I think it was a great championship. It was some cool stories. I would like to say uh, sorry to Autumn Burchett 
who got a match or not match a game loss because their internet went out. Oh, it was a match loss actually. Yeah, um, it was a match loss. Yeah. And uh, so she just was screwed. And it just—it's one of those things with online tournament tournaments. It just really sucks. You know the craziest thing about that though is that Autumn hadn't lost a historic match yet, and that was historic. Yeah. Um, with her deck choice, uh, she went twelve and one in games in historic she lost one game of historic uh and won the other 12 and she brought um the reason it's cool she brought five color niv mizzet oh yes and she played is it phoenix every round <laughs> so i guess she demonstrated that she understands how to beat is it phoenix with her mm-hmm. five color niv mizzet deck she didn't even lose it. she barely lost a game to them. yeah that's like shitty and so, yeah, fortunately, she brought uh, you know like blue white Yorion in standard. So, mm-hmm. not a great uh, standard choice. Uh, and she had mentioned she didn't really like it very much. But anyway, so uh, that was just kind of some of those stories that happened over the weekend that were that were uh, bummers. But um, overall, I think it was a good tournament. Happy Sam uh, won it all. It is indeed party time. Uh, <laughs> but um, party time. There is the one thing. Get- so with uh, Just Guy turns. That was a big talk of the tournament, and this is, uh, I think, important for anyone who's uh, playing these decks or playing against them or uh, anything like that. There do seem to be two different versions that were harped on uh, kind of immensely, and it's just the, uh, there are, you know, little one-ofs and two-ofs that are like, uh, kind of, the numbers are different. Either you play three Velomachus, you play two or whatever, but uh, the sideboard plan of commence the end game versus Nezahal, the primal tide. Yeah. Uh, so the commentators were talking the whole time how strong Nezahal is, and that's the card you want in the matchup, and it's the best, and it beats everything, and it's so good. Um, but the players that made the top were not play. There are no Nezahals in their decks. They were all playing commence the end game. Yeah, part of that is that the commentators are friends with the guys that brought the Nezahal. Uh, you know, that was like LSV's team that brought the Nezahal right uh, innovation, Version. and so. You know, Marshall would have been talking to them a lot before the event, so obviously they think Nezahal is correct, so um, that would influence what uh, Marshall, who's one of the commentators, would probably think. Mm-hmm. Um, my experience was that every time somebody sided in Nezahal or Nezahal was a part of the game, it looked good, and then that player lost. Mm-hmm. Every, every time. It's just <laughs> it like, was oh, actually a really you... great match where uh, uh, Kenji Igashira beat a resolved Nezahal with some really cool play where he attacked into it with a Gear Hulk and then put Prismari Command to deal two damage to it on the stack uh, before damage Mm -hmm. so that now if you want, either we trade Mm because two damage is on it or you discard. You have to exile it before damage and I get to keep my Gear Hulk Mm -hmm. and that play essentially won him the game uh, because he had an active Teferi going so yeah, I basically put the opponent in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was a really heads up play from Kenji. Kenji was on the Torrential Gear Hulk Jeskai control deck, which actually was the only deck that did well against uh, against Jeskai turns. It beat the crap out of it, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it had like, what, an 80 something percent win rate? Let me check. 83.3% win rate did uh, Jeskai, the Jeskai Gear Hulk version of control against turns that makes sense to me mm-hmm. 
they're both trying to do like busted magma opus things, but one is more controlling, so it's going to have more say about, you know, who resolves what, while the other one is better against the general field, you know, that, yeah. that checks out. It's kind of sad to see uh, Seth Manfield was not playing that uh, version of the deck. I was, I was kind of hoping that he had that. It could easily be a reason why he did not uh, do well in the top eight at all. Um, was kind of uh, <clears throat> not doing... Do you doing... know why, though? I don't know why. Do you know why? Because the version with Torrential Gear Hulk does not want to play excessive. Oh, expressive iteration? Expressive, sorry. Expressive iteration, because you can't get it back with Gear Hulk. So, because um, it's a sorcery. And Seth wanted oh. to play eight copies of expressive iteration. So That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. That's my guess. He didn't say that, but uh, well, he did. I know how much he, yeah, he, 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 like, he highly regards that card. You, if you watched him play, he would throw counters at that card. You mm -hmm. know? Both, both players have like seven mana. They're holding up counter spells for a big turn. Opponent plays expressive iterations. Seth would snap off the counter spell, mm -hmm. like, no question. And that was an interesting heads up play uh, throughout the tournament, seeing who was countering brainstorms and you know, all those kinds of things, how aggressive they were. And um, you'd watch different matches. And, you know, it is kind of those master classes of, you know, oh, Sam seems to be playing a normal. It seems like he's like laid back and he's waiting for the, the big stuff to counter. And then one game, it's like counter any card that's giving them any advantage just crush them um mm. and it's uh it was pretty interesting these aren't decks that i normally play so it is interesting for me to watch uh, uh people play these because i just i there's so much i can learn from them yeah and i think it'll help people you know if you have the mentality of oh there's just nothing i could do against these stupid decks and they're broken it's like watch this you know mm -hmm. did you consider countering the brainstorm you probably just let it resolve without thinking about it or you know, and this will help you identify the types of things that you're doing without thinking about it. You know, like when mm -hmm. I watched Arne play rogues last time, I realized there was a ton of stuff that I was just running out rogues just because I felt like that was just automatically the right thing to do. And I would consistently see Arne just play nothing despite having multiple rogues to just run out. over and over again. Kind of, and that was like a kind of made me realize like I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> And that was a deck I played Rogues a lot, and I felt like I knew it pretty well. And then I'm watching him play, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You know? Yeah. Um, and, and like this, you know, like you're saying, this time I might not think to blow my only counterspell in my hand on the on the Brainstorm, but, but I'm just letting it resolve without even thinking. You know, maybe I think about it and decide that's the wrong decision, but I should at least consider it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. Uh, also, just seeing in that deck how important the tokens are. Uh, so making sure that they don't have any tokens for their um, indomitable creativity for their indomitable creativity which I, I gotta say like the only part of this deck that I like is that that card is now like you know on the on the highest stage yeah I've always thought that was a cool card I think it's super cool and I think that you know overall if you don't know the deck I guess we've been talking about it a ton but basically you make uh, a, a token somehow either an artifact or a creature you use um, Indomitable creativity to uh, sacrifice it and then go through it to get the only creature in your deck, which is Velomachus, Lorehold. You attack with it. It hopefully finds you an extra turn spell. Then you make turns after turns. Use you use it to get Mizzix's Mastery to play the extra turn spell again. And you do it over and over and over again until you win. Right. Um, which is a sweet plan, which is so sweet. <laughs> well, okay. I do want to also say there is one other thing I like about this deck, which is when Velomachus Lorehold was uh, spoiled, 
this is what we said you would do with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You would, uh, I don't think we mentioned indominal creativity in particular, but transmogrify is the... Yes, that's what we had mentioned. The standard version. Uh, You would transmogrify into this, and then I think we even mentioned, and there's a new five mana spell in Historic Mm -hmm. that takes an extra turn that is exactly what you want to hit. Yeah. Um, which because also you're smacking people in the face with a five five. Uh, so I like that it proved us right that that dragon was indeed yeah pretty cool. I also think it's pretty cool that the sideboard plan against the other t- player is always to take out the combo immediately. Yeah, yeah, they always sideboard into a control deck with sharks and stuff. Yeah, and uh, if that sounds weird to you, that's actually. Uh, kind of a common thing in competitive magic is that game one everybody is just hyper linear like as linear as you can get and then game two and three all interaction so games two and three are really slow and the idea of a deck like this is okay maybe i'm not as good a control deck as some other control decks might be in the post board but i'm my game plan is to give myself like a 75 percent game one steal it and then even though I'm not the best control deck in the room. I'm just going to have to win one game mm-hmm. because I, I kind of stole a victory with my Mizzix Mastery nonsense Cheeky, yeah. in game one. <laughs> um, which to me is new, so that was kind of exciting uh, to see the game plan. And it would have been interesting if people did some shenanigans where they kept in their combo. And I, I don't know if anyone would have... I don't know the reasons why you would or would not do that exactly, but... Would have been interesting if people were like, all right, I take out all my fries and all the things that kill the Velomalchus because they're taking out their combo, and then you keep the combo in and do it again. Um, obviously, you know, in the top eight, it's a little, oh, little rough. <laughs> yeah. You don't really want to just do that. Maybe somebody <laughs> did it earlier. Play in some the, mind games. Yeah, not too many <laughs> mind games. But uh, anyway, that's kind of our talk about the top eight. But I did want to kind of pivot and talk about what happened afterwards. So... Well, actually, the one thing I wanted to mention Sorry. that we didn't, I don't think, about the top eight is that uh, the past few events, we've seen, oh, MPL players do really well, Rivals players do really well and stuff. But this top eight was six challengers, right? Yeah. And the finals was two challengers. And the so, two previous times before that, it was, first it was an MPL player and a challenger, and then it was a Rivals player and a challenger. Yeah. And, so and now it's a challenger and a challenger. And a challenger. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, challengers have won three times in a row, but it feels like, you know, this event was the best, ch- even though if you look at the win rates, the MPL players still had a, a massive win rate mm-hmm. uh, against the field, and then rivals had the second best win rate, and then the challengers had the worst win rate. Um, the weird thing about that, though, is that I noticed that challengers did better against MPL players than rivals players did, which was the only percentage that, you know, stuck out as being strange. Um, but yeah, this is the first time I think we've seen a challenger v challenger final, which was cool. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. But that's basically what we have to say about the uh, the top eight. I do want to pivot to talk about what happened after the tournament and what people are talking about, um, which is basically, do we have any bands to hand out? Yeah, so th- this happens every time, right? Like, if if you put a bunch of decks in the top eight, everyone's going to call for a ban uh, immediately. Um, the interesting thing about Twitter is that the pros kind of get to weigh in. You know, the ones who got into that top eight uh, get to say that something is too good. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I guess the question is, is Jeskai Turns the new best deck in Historic? Is it too good to beat? And if so, which cards should we get rid of? Mm-hmm. 
Um, the immediate thing that people have talked about is, hey, there were four copies of Brainstorm in every single one of the top eight decks. Brainstorm's the obvious, should this be part of Historic? It's a Mystical Archive, which, okay, so when they uh, announced they were doing Mystical Archives, they had mentioned that they were going to put these out into the field and be very quick to kind of cut some ties, even though that's what they said. That's not exactly what's happened so far because the the last banning was not the Mystical Archive card. It was the card that, uh, you know, won sure. the game off of it. But But I think, you know, they've at least been proven somewhat right that, that banning was enough to, to host that deck. That's true. Uh, or at least have people not want to play it for this event. Um, right. Maybe it was just too close to figure it out. Yeah. So, too soon, I mean, to figure it out. So the, the things are kind of like uh, people are, are calling for bans of the, the most, the biggest cards for Mystical Archives, which is like Brainstorm, Faithless Looting, Memory Lapse, Time Warp. These are kind of like some of the biggest ones that are, hey, these cards are doing... A ton of stuff they're all over the place in this tournament um, but then there's another side of people that are kind of saying hey maybe we shouldn't have any of these mystical archive cards in historic should they have been in, uh, put in at all um, mm -hmm. which that's a very aggressive <laughs> uh, argument and I don't really agree with that one I think it's really I've loved having them here and it's been fun to be able to play with them I don't think an overhaul of getting rid of all the mystical archive cards is the right decision. Um, like, like, is is it Phoenix such a problem without brainstorm? You know, is it even a problem now? It didn't even do that well win rate wise. It's yeah. just the most popular deck. Um, but if we get rid of all of mystical archives, there's no faithless looting. You cannot play. Is it Phoenix? Absolutely not. Yeah, so we just kill that deck, even though it may not have been a problem. Mm -hmm. um, and the deck probably could adapt and still be a deck without Brainstorm, but it can't be a deck without Faithless Looting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm always biased in these things because for me, it's like when someone says this is an unbeatable deck, I kind of regard that as a challenge and I want that. I want it to be not true and I want to try to prove it's not true kind yeah. of thing. So I tend to lean towards, you know, <laughs> stop complaining about it and hoping it gets banned and just try to figure out how to beat it. Mm -hmm. And I personally don't think this Jeskai Turns deck is too good. Um, whether Brainstorm is too good or not, I mean, that's a different question. It just, it means what, what do you want the format to be about is the question you have to answer. But as far as the Jeskai Turns deck, like, it doesn't even really look like a deck to me. It's just like a whole bunch of random combos slapped together in one deck to be as linear as possible. It kind of reads really weirdly on paper. It's like, okay, so I have the, like, Magma Opus... Mizzix Mastery combo, but then I have the the Transmogrify Velomachus Lorehold combo, and I'm hoping that hits my my time warps. <laughs> it just feels like what the hell? This is like 20 cards dedicated to weird combos. Yeah, but what? But I think that it does look weird. I, I agree with you in that sense, but I do think that the deck has a much more flexibility than some other comboy decks because you have so many different avenues to go down. You're like, all right, well. I can play the Prismari Command because I'm trying to get a treasure so I can use Indomitable uh, Creativity with that. However, I could also use it to uh, blow up some other things or I can dump cards into the yard like the Time Warp I want. Um, when I eventually get Velomachus onto the battlefield, if I have Brainstorm in my hand with a Time Warp or Mizzix Mastery with a Time Warp in the graveyard, I can 
assured that I will hit the card I want to hit because I can brainstorm while the trigger's on the stack and put the time warp or the Mimic's Mastery on the top of the deck and do it that way. Also, if I run out of time warps and they're not there, I could end up using the Mizzix Mastery with the Magma Opus thing. So I do think it is interesting that it's very, it feels very flexible and there's a lot of different avenues you could go down to win, um, which makes it, a, to me, an interesting deck. And I don't know if it needs to be killed. I don't know if it's super, super powerful. And I, it, would it, it, you know, could you take out Brainstorm and it still be a deck? It's just so clunky, you know, my... All of you can look at all its different game plans, like you're saying, but all of them are like resolve an expensive sorcery. Yeah, which I think is awesome. <laughs> you yeah. know, and so I'm saying, how good can that possibly be? Like, to me, a deck like that just can't possibly be too good for the format. Like, I don't think anyone would ever say Sultimatum is too good. It can be the best deck, mm -hmm. sure, but it, it can never be too good because it's like they have to resolve a seven mana sorcery, man. Like, yeah, like there are ways to take advantage of that like off the top of my head if i'm looking at this deck i'm asking myself can this deck ever beat necromentia if i play necromentia and i take time warp out of your deck can you ever beat me i don't think you can you can resolve you can like s slap a giant dragon down that gets you a free brainstorm all right kill that uh you can deal four damage to me draw two cards and make a four four you're gonna have to do that a lot of times to actually win the game you know what i mean like you actually don't have a win con if I do that. Yeah, I think at that and, point... And you... I can also take Velomachus out of your deck instead, and now you have a whole bunch of cards that do literally nothing. That's probably not, the better... you're not hitting anything. Yeah, that's probably the better one, um, because you can make them take... I would take Time Warp first, and then, then I would take the Velomachus with the second one. Because you can beat a Velomachus. It's just a 5-5 five five that gets a free spell. Yeah. Which sounds crazy, but in Historic, it's not that crazy. But also, you can beat a Time Warp that just does nothing. Right? Is you like, oh sure. Well, it's it's hard to beat like make a four four with magma opus and then time warp three times. You know, like that's a reasonable way that you lose. Mm -hmm. Once once you take time warp out of the deck, the only way you reasonably lose is if they overload Mystic's mastery. Yeah. And so now we're talking, you know, the Sultimatum territory where it's like they have a janky control deck that they have to resolve an eight mana sorcery, which you could still lose to, but it's like I don't know. It feels pretty weak by historic standards. Yeah. I think like and so that'd be the first place I go. Is like you have no defense against this kind of spell, yeah. and there's a ton of them. There's Necromentia. There's Unmoored Ego. There, whatever you want, these spells exist. Yeah, all the ones that just go. Uh, that is true. I mean, um, so it will be interesting because that's going to be a card that you know has to be in rotation. Those types of cards where you're like, all right, well, I need something to pull the key piece out. Um, but this is like this is why those cards exist as yeah. safety valves against stupid combo decks. Mm -hmm. um, so once again, like we've said, if they give us the pieces to combat the problem before we have the problem, that's always a good thing because you can find them. That's fun. Um, though and, I, um, I autumn, go ahead. I was just gonna say, though I, I do think that you know brainstorm in this deck does this brainstorm make this deck a deck? I don't think so. Right? Oh no. Um, I actually think it. Well, so Brainstorm makes this deck resilient to Thoughtseize, because otherwise this deck would also fold immediately to, to Thoughtseize. Yeah. Because you just take you take the Mizzix Mastery or, or the, the... Whatever. Yeah, whatever the good card is, right? Um, it, it's also super weird to me, by the way, that Mizzix Mastery and Indomitable Creativity is a non-bow, <laughs> because the X would be zero. Mm -hmm. But it's like... Um, so it's like... Uh, 
I guess it's enough better than transmogrify, but like it doesn't play well. This is what I mean by it just looks like a pile of random. Well, the reason they want they don't want transmogrify is because they want to do it off of artifacts, right? Not just the dwarf totally. And also, sometimes you need to do it for x equals two in order to guarantee that it works. Or also get rid of Um, other people's stuff. Yeah, and and sometimes you actually do it x equals two and you target their graph takers cage. Mm And so you blow up their cage, give them something, and then you get Philomachus. But I actually think, I think without Brainstorm, that you'd see a lot more Thoughtseize decks just beating the crap out of this. With Brainstorm, um, Thoughtseize players have to adapt a bit. You can't just turn one Thoughtseize on a whim anymore if they have a blue mana. And I think that's a little bit of, you know, people are like, oh, Brainstorm counters Thoughtseize. It's like, not really. You just can't Thoughtseize as liberally as you used to. Mm -hmm. You can't just slap it down whenever you want. You do have to think, think about, about their turn progression. What are they trying to do? When are they trying to make their move? Mm-hmm. And hit them right then so that the brainstorm is awkward. Yeah. But I think what makes it is Prismari Command, because otherwise, like I was saying, you just kind of Graph Diggers cage them out of it. Because mm-hmm. uh, it stops everything they're trying to do, other than take an extra turn. But it stops... Um, all the free spells off the top and in the graveyard and all that stuff. Right. It stops the Velomachus mm-hmm. coming out of the deck and it stops the Mizzix Mastery mm-hmm. targeting stuff in the graveyard. And it stops and the Velomachus just like hard cast, play a card from your deck. You can't do that either. So. R- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Autumn actually wrote about this a bit in her, she was describing her Niv Mizzet deck. And she has Raph Capuchin in the sideboard, which. Uh, is like a four mana, uh, I'm never gonna remember the stats, like a three, four flyer or something. But it says you may cast historic spells as though they had flash, mm-hmm. and he himself has flash. And she was saying what she does is she flash, she puts in Wrath and then flashes in Graph Digger's Cage at instant speed to stop their deck. Because they can kill it with Prismari Command, but once they go for something, you they don't have time mm-hmm. if you, you know, Graph Digger's They cage put it on the stack and you're like, well, Graph Digger's Cage, and they're like, all right, blew up your your treasure, your dwarf, whatever, and not, and nothing else. <laughs> right. So there's another creative way to attack it. I don't know if like it's hard to say if it how well it works because she never got the opportunity to play against Jeskai turns. Mm-hmm. She just beat the crap out of Visit Phoenix all day. Yeah. But uh, I think there are ways to fight it, and we should not react to this deck in particular right now. That being said, if they banned all extra turn cards, I would just be totally fine with that. Like, just stop making these. <laughs> they're, they're not used in the way that you think they're going to. Like, the casual players or whatever look at them and like, this is cool. Like, yeah, I get to get a Planeswalker, take an extra turn, and get another activation. It's always looping and taking all of the turns. Yeah. It's always how it ends up getting used. So, uh, I, I don't hate extra turn cards because... Um, if you don't know how to play with them, they're horrible. <laughs> um, they're like yeah, but the problem is somebody else tells everyone how to play with them. Like they build a deck, and then everyone has this stupid deck that takes all of the yeah. Turns. I mean, I think the card where it's like, oh, go and get the five mana one that is the perfect one for this. Uh, any of the extra turn spells that cost like nine or something are like sure. You know, I don't sue. Like, I... It's just like they've learned so much about them. Yeah. Look at Allrun's Epiphany. That's a fine example. It's sorcery, it's expensive as hell, and it exiles itself. Mm-hmm. That's what they need to be like. Time Warp not exiling itself is dumb. Yeah. Well, the Nexus of Fate. We saw that that was a fucking problem because it didn't exile itself. 
They should well, do not this. Not only did it not exile itself, it put itself back, back into your deck. So you could keep. <laughs> and that was also a card that wasn't even in the set. It was just a fucking card <laughs> yeah, that, that was... you got from the box. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that stuff. Yeah, everyone knew that was dumb except Wizards. I yeah. Guess. Well, no, they knew it was good because then people <laughs> would fucking buy boxes. Anyway. Yeah. Um, sorry, I don't want to get into that. That's what, you know, it doesn't matter to us on Arena. You don't have to buy boxes to get those cards. You can just craft them. Yeah, because it was banned. There was a weird time when it was banned in Best of uh one but and now best, best of three, three. or vice yeah. versa i forget but. so weird um yeah. anyway we might <laughs> at some point talk about those kinds of uh possible <laughs> things but um but yeah as far as extra turns go i do think that obviously well obviously <laughs> whoever makes extra turn cards just always looks back at time warp and be like well it has to be at least more than two so <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> it can't be this this one um Fucking hell. I can't believe... How would you even make a card that costs two mana and takes an extra turn? Like, how'd you... Yeah. I mean, you have to remember, when this game was invented, it was supposed to be like, you just buy 12 packs and you make your deck out of what you have. And, like, maybe one guy has time walk, but he certainly has no way of of making it played at every turn. Yeah, but also when the, the equivalent of that card is, like, grizzly bears, like... How, okay. how, how, how do you just decide? Yeah, I mean, it's the ancestral recall cycle, right? Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> really, healing salve? What the fuck? How did you think you? that this was equal to this? It's not even close. But he didn't, though, because, because, uh... Um, Richard Garfield? Re- ancestral recall was, like, really rare, and healing salve was common. It was mm-hmm. everywhere. So he knew that, like, it was just a cycle in the sense that every color gets one mana thing, and it has to do with three. But one was hard to find, and one wasn't hard to find. That's I mean, sure. So I think the idea was you had the giant growth and the healing salve, and then, holy shit, you see the blue one, and it's super rare, and you've never seen that before. And you're like, this one's so good. Okay, I get that. And you can call back to the ones that you've already seen, and, like, you want that as fans so that people see. Okay, that makes sense. But Yeah, because, like... (laughs) And I understand that he didn't know the game was going to be so huge and all that stuff, but... It is fucking crazy sometimes. And so Time Warp feels like one of those cards to me where it's like, this was made a long time ago. It's iconic, so we should bring it back, which is true. Um, I don't know. I, I, I personally right now don't feel like bands are needed, but obviously they're going to be people crying for bandwagon. Give it more time. So. Like they just have the next few months to just collect data. Yeah. And one thing that's really, that I think is the biggest thing that I haven't mentioned, we haven't mentioned yet. Okay, you look at Jeskai Turns, it had a crazy win rate. Now let's look at the players that brought Jeskai Turns to this event. We're talking all of, like, everyone who brought this deck is was MPL or Rivals or friends with them and is one of the best players in the world. So, okay, is this the deck being amazing or just the fact that the team that brought it was were, like, almost entirely made up of extremely good players? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I and think that's a really good point. Because the deck, like I was saying before, is super complicated. And there's a bunch of different things you could do. And Exactly. Uh, PV out, put out an article out on Star City Games that was talking about all the different ways that this deck works. And it does seem... Com- like, I don't... After reading and looking and watching and all these things, I feel like I could pick it up and, like, try. But... Mm-hmm. No way would I ever register Definitely this make deck. Some mistakes, though, there is like. no way I'm going to register this deck for a tournament. I am not confident in the slightest that I'm going to be good enough to be able to play this deck. Absolutely not. Yeah, and 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 the other thing is like that even applies to Brainstorm itself. 
Like, yeah, the the pro players love Brainstorm because Brainstorm is a hugely decision-intensive card. Mm -hmm. When to play it, because it's instant speed and only one mana. Uh, You draw three cards and then you put two back, so you're looking at ostensibly like eight or nine cards and choosing which two you need to go back on top of your deck. And then you need to decide, let's say I have a Fabled Passage, when am I supposed to shuffle them away? You know, am I supposed to wait for my Fabled Passage to use my Brainstorm? Yeah. You know, like... It is one of the... You could write a book about how to play Brainstorm. It's so hard. Because, like, also, what are the times... There are many times where, like, players would have Velomachus in their hand or the two copies of Velomachus in their hand, and they don't Brainstorm them away. And I'm like, why why didn't you do that? And then, like, later in the game, you see them use that Brainstorm to put a Time Warp on the top to hit with the Velomachus. You're like, like, how did you know that it was going to come? Yeah, it's just because they're like, oh, well, it's getting to the point where I can play my Velomachus just i have nine mana so i can play velomachus with memory lapse up for the it's just crazy like that's the kind of stuff where i'm like if i have both of the only targets for this one card in my deck that my deck's supposed to do wouldn't i want that in the deck and then they're like no i'm like i don't get this deck it's again the some just guy deck i don't get i don't know (laughs) i'm not fucking touching that thing I'll play it at the, yeah. the all access or whatever, but I'm not crafting anything. For so this. a very real possibility is that this tournament and competitive plays is yeah brainstorm everywhere, and this deck's you know too good. And then you on the ladder you see its win rate is is trash, bad. like absolute trash. And, and you know people won't even play it because it's, it's just going to be a bunch of people and... like me trying to play this deck and fucking just tanking. And, and then there's just no problem. Like you don't have to ban, especially if you, now you're going the casual route, anyways. Exactly. Why are we banning cards from Historic that the pros are good, are good with, but nobody else? I think that's a... Okay, you... I don't know if you can try and convince me of anything, but sure. Uh, brainstorm. Nothing needs to get banned at the moment. If anything, it might be Time Warp, but uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm good for that. Um, yeah, Time Warp should just go because uh, whatever. Who, like, who likes that card? I mean, I like it. Other than Zach. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I don't... But, but Zach likes auras, so he's a Boggles kind of guy. Yeah. All right, first of all, there are no Boggles on <laughs> Arena, so you cannot call it Boggles. <laughs> Second, it's not Boggles. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, well, I think we had a couple other things to talk about, but I feel like uh, I'm getting really low on my beer, so maybe we should save some of that for the future. Yeah, same. Uh, I guess, like, let's just do closing thoughts on the whole Mystical Archive. Should they ban it all? Should I, I, they... I think that's pretty good. Um, I started this conversation thinking we should uh, ban or think about banning a couple, and then all the other ones are fine. And I'm ending it with, not yet. Let's not do it. Let's let's, yeah, uh... let's just take some time and get, get the latter data, because I think that speaks more to what's important, right? Yeah. You know? And the other thing is, like, if you want it to be a brainstorm format, it, make it a brainstorm format, you know? Like, there, I think people get too focused on, all right, this card's the best card. we got to ban it. It's like, well, there's always going to be a best card. Maybe we just want this to be the best card. Yeah, you're never going to have, like, oh, these are the seven best cards. They're all equal power level, so they're fine. Like, That's right. There, there's always going to be one that's a little bit better or whatever, and things come out, and, like, that's just how games are. Like, I'll remind you that not too long ago, a lot of these people crying for a Brainstorm ban were crying for a Thoughtseize ban. Mm-hmm. And then they released a card that, you know, Helps. gives you some blue decks, some ways to fight Thoughtseize, and like, what the hell is this? It even 
counters thought seeds. Let's ban brainstorm. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what? What? You, you guys just hate whatever's the best, right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it is hard because there is a fine line between broken and the best, right? Um, yeah, like Uro, I'm fine with that not being a thing anymore because it just means it's the type of card that, all right, this is all you can be doing if you're interested in, in this type yeah, of game plan exactly. at all. Um, Brainstorm goes in a lot of decks, but it's, you know, specific decks. It, it It's decks that aren't interested in card advantage and are more looking for shaping their hand. Yeah, shaping. Like combo decks yeah. and like... Uh, and like Phoenix. It's also one of those cards that you can look at as a new player and be like, okay, that seems good. And then you start playing with it, you're like, holy shit, this is so hard. Once the first time you right. brainstorm lock yourself, you're like, oh fuck, this card's hard to play with. Um, yeah, or maybe you just say that you got unlucky and your opponent got super lucky. I mean, that's also okay, sorry, you, you could be that kind of person if you're someone who plays like me, where I'm like, oh shit, how do I do that? Is this really oh, the best really? card? This card sucks, or it's hard. Like <laughs> yeah. that's basically. I was like, "How is this a good card? I don't know how to use this. This is not intuitive." Can Can I have another colossal dreadmaw, please? That's what I want. Yeah, and then your opponent beats you with brainstorm. You're like, "Holy crap, Holy that crap. card is good." Yeah. When <laughs> what you, am I doing wrong? You thought sees look at a hand all of lands. What the fuck? God, what happened here? <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, so that is what we think about uh, <laughs> everyone talking about bands. Like it's a fucking I don't know craziness but it is good to sit down and have a discussion because like otherwise i would have been like yeah these are the five cards we might try to ban and now i'm like mm -hmm. don't ban any of them it's they're fine let's just like release the mystical kennels or something that has a whole bunch of really fucking good black and green creatures <laughs> yeah. you're gonna do the mystical archives with all these awesome blue and red spells give me the mystical kennels with black and green yeah. creatures and let's see you know Let's see if that can help turn the tide a bit. Yeah, let's get some dredge up in here. <laughs> That's right, yes. <laughs> let's get some fucking, like, uh, I don't know, Tarmogoyfs or something. Is, yeah. that even that, is that even good these days? By Who knows? Who knows? If Faithless Looting is doing well, maybe Tarmogoyf is doing well as well. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, I have one last... Last thought classic, on Jeff's guy. Classic Jeff's, guy Jeff's last thoughts. That this is okay. Yeah. So this is a new this is a new segment. Right before we go to a beer break, Jeff has his last thoughts. <laughs> Jeff's last thoughts. All right. Uh, I'm just gonna say this Jeff's guy turns deck never would have been a problem if you just left to fairy time raveler in the format. Just saying. Wow. <laughs> wow. What is that? You can hate on Teferi Time Raveler all you want, but he would have had none of this going on. It's that is, you, I mean you're right. <laughs> and that whatever anyway i'm not gonna touch that uh but i do need another beer so uh what's worse guys what's worse yeah um i think it's the last call so let's grab another beer yeah. before the bar closes down cool you ready for this reveal oh i'm ready all right i picked my beer i'm ready for it all right here we go three two one Hey! All right. All, right. All right, take the victory on this one. All right. Ooh, it's a good week for me. Two victories. All right. <laughs> so we. Uh, no, didn't we agree about the the twenty point no. bonus? No. No. We don't. No. I. We're tied now in fantasy. Why do you keep doing? No, I won. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so I we, want a do-over. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to do one in July. There you go. Let's draft um, new teams for the, that event. Oh, yeah. Yeah, draft teams again. <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, so we both uh, picked the... Uh, I was going to say Drew. We both drew. <laughs> we both picked uh, Tropicanon. That's the citrus IPA from uh, Heavy Seas Brewing Company. I mean... Correct. Though, um, I will have to say, it was pretty close. Yes. Um, yeah, I would say it was also very close for me, um, but not like the they were both really good, kind of. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry. They were both on the same plane. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think this one smells better, and that's why I picked it. It <laughs> does smell a bit yeah. better, yeah. The, well, the other one doesn't smell like anything. Yeah. Like but the t- I don't even know. I, I haven't even really thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, where do you want to start? Let, uh, let's start with the one we both picked, the right. citrus IPA. Perfect. So citrus IPA smells quite nice. It has a good, like, kind of citrusy. There's, like, some orange in there. Um, Tropicana smell, I'd say. Um, as far as the taste goes, um, it's not, like, blasting you with citrus, but it's kind of there. Yeah, I mean, for me, this one has that kind of coffee thing going on where it, like, tastes different, like, tastes better than it, or smells, smells better, better than, than it than tastes. It. Yeah. And I love coffee, but it does t- smell better than it tastes. Mm-hmm. Uh, tastes great. It smells even better. Um, but this is, like, it, it smells really good. And then when I drink it, I feel like it. I let down a bit because the smell, you know, the as I'm bringing the cup up to my mouth, I'm getting this anticipation because you do smell the like lemon and the orange and the grapefruit and then you taste it it's like it just falls a bit flat for me because of that you know Mm -hmm. um where the taste just doesn't really have it's some but not a lot of that yeah yeah i actually agree with everything that you said that's exactly what i thought when i opened it up first i was like oh this smells great i'm so excited and i tasted it i'm like oh okay but at least it makes up for it in being high in alcohol so um Maybe the second one. Yeah, will and it doesn't taste better. bad or anything. No, it just kind of tastes like, uh, yeah, just just tastes like a, a an ale kind of thing. Um, but it it does actually taste a bit flat to me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, like no, it's just missing something. It's definitely missing something. Um, I think the redeeming quality is that it's high in alcohol. Like I said, so mm-hmm. it uh, is telling me to forget about it. Yeah. Hey, just forget about it. Drink another it, it one. It doesn't taste like it's high in alcohol. No. Me, so. No, I can definitely feel it, though, obviously. If, if that's As, the kind of thing you're looking for, you know, like some people are looking for the opposite, big flavor, low alcohol content. You know? mm-hmm. uh, some people are looking for big alcohol content, but it doesn't taste like it has a large alcohol content. Well, this is the, the kind of thing you might be interested in. But I would... Uh, I would say there are better options on the market if that's yeah. what you're looking for. I'm going to say that they did a really great job of making this pirate beer from Heavy Seas. Uh, Tropicanon, it feels like it's pirates, and pirates are looking for gold. So this is going straight into gold. I knew where you were going with that as soon as you said it, and I love it. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, it's gold. It's gold. Uh, but you, you took us on a little journey there. There you go. Um, this pirate beer is definitely gold. Um, and... While we both picked it, that also kind of leads you to believe that the uh, 10-mile point Pilsner from Manitoulin is uh, on a similar footing. 
yeah, like maybe it wasn't fair of me to, you know, put all their their hopes and dreams on this one because they're obviously listening to this as soon as it airs going, oh, what did we get? What did we get? Mm-hmm. Um, because Pilsner's, I'm not a big Pilsner guy. You're not a big Pilsner guy? That. Just kidding. I know, right? I'm a, I'm a really big Pilsner guy. I love Pilsner. I don't know if you have yeah, you watched love, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Pills, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Brooklyn Nine Nine, <laughs> he's also just the most boring person in the world. That character makes yeah. so much sense to me because I think pilsners are so boring. Yeah, it's the guy that Amy <laughs> dates, who's like the cop who just loves pilsners, and he just that's all he talks about. So anyway, yeah, but he's also really boring. Yeah, he's super character. boring, and pilsners are also like yeah, boring, kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of boring. I think pilsners are the kind of beer that like have their super fans, like the people who love pilsners have them, like love them. Sorry. And for me, it just, honestly, like, I'm not confident I could pick this out of a blind taste test versus a, a random macro brew, you know? Really? I I could definitely, if it was a, I think if it was a bunch of macro brews and then this one, I'd probably be able to pick it. I thought it was nice. I liked it. Um, but I feel like I've had better Pilsners than this. I could easily, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's definitely, I'm going to say gold just because obviously I picked the other one over this. Um, but in actuality, I could easily pick this one up earlier than I'll pick up the Tropicana, which is funny. Um, if I was ever going to go no, back and get That's fair, right? Like, that's again. just the style preference, you know, if you want. If you want like a IPA or if you just want a Pilsner. There's just so many more IPAs I could pick as opposed to this one. Where Pilsners, right. there aren't as many, and this is a totally fine one, and the other ones aren't going to be such a big difference that I'll care. Not that I don't like Pilsners, like, you know, hey, there there are definitely mythic Pilsners out there, but uh, I don't think this is one of them. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I hate to do this, but, like, if I'm just looking at the definition, which we forgot to read again, Oh. but... Uh, silver is like a macro brew or you feel like it has nothing really going on and mm-hmm. that's just how i felt about this one so i gotta give it silver. hey is that your first um, silver you're giving out? it might i think it's my first Whoa. silver yeah i actually enjoyed this one i think more than i was actually pretty close to picking uh the this pilsner so um i think i, I do regard it higher than you do so that's why i'm giving it gold um but uh, all right, okay, I see you. I'm, I'm, I'm just... Yeah, I mean, like I said, part of that is that I, I don't know if I have the, the the Pilsner palette, as they say, where I can gotcha. really distinguish. For sure, uh, for sure. To me, it's just boring, and I don't know. That's yeah. maybe it's supposed to be boring, and then you know, this is a great rendition of a really boring beer. But uh, for me, that's that's silver. All right, so um, yeah, there you have it. Those are the beers we are coming to. Actually, sorry, Jeff. Do you have any last thoughts before we go to that? <laughs> uh, many, actually. So point number one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think we're going to closing time, uh, which uh, which is happening right now. <laughs> sorry. I feel like, man, I drink. I, I threw you off by not singing the song. I you you threw me off by not singing the song, and also I started with the seven percent beer, so now I'm feeling <laughs> all of it hit me. Uh, but anyway, it is closing time. If you would like to reach us and talk to us about um, our rating system or citrus IPAs that we should try or pilsners, let's say that if there are pilsners that you think are mythic and you want us to try them, you can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. 
Yeah, and you're welcome to even like you know send us some pilsners, you know. And That's true. You think they're really good. Slide into our DMs, and maybe you'll get an address. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can also find us on MTG Arena under the username Arena Regulars Podcasts. We might be milling you out with some ruined crabs. I've been doing a bit of that recently, so uh, apologize if that happened to you. But, uh, you know what? I actually, I actually don't apologize. I was going to say, that. why that would you? That was awesome. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> apologize about ruined crab. Ruined crab's great. Um, but I apologize if I gave you the premature good game. Oh, that yes. would have been that, that's acceptable. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the old good game drop fabled passage mill you for twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. You can always reach me at my uh, personal things uh, <laughs> at Zulberg, which is Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram. But, Jeff, where can they find you? You can find me at Blues Brews MTG on uh, Twitter, and uh, it's spelled like it sounds. Yep. Uh, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, and anywhere you are listening to us right now. Also, it would be awesome if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, leave us a like or a comment on some of our videos. We really love all those things. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that historic is a steam vents world, and we're just living in it. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>